I have a glass with some ice. All right. And some Jack Daniels. Oh. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, pour my drink uh, on pod since, <laughs> since we're talking about uh, drinking on the job here. Nice. <laughs> so that's my bit for today. <laughs> I'm having a space dust. Yes. Nice. yes. <laughs> yeah, you had one earlier today too, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I definitely did. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today we'll be discussing Minute 37 of Predator. Minute 37, you could call it my favorite number of all time. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Number 37 in sports. The only sports reference I need to make for 37 is my favorite player, whoever wore number 37 was Peerless Price for the Tennessee Volunteers, their star whiteout. Wow. He was the MVP of the very first bowl championship series game when Tennessee beat Florida State for the national championship way back in January of 1999. Florida State, five down linemen. They're going to blitz this time. Here they come. Martin back, steps up, struggles. Going to throw the ball long, long downfield for Fearless Bright. It is complete. He makes the catch at the 45. He's at the 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. Just give it to him. No flags on the field. 79 yards. Touchdown, Tennessee! Wow. Why, yeah. Now, uh, what's your history there? Why is he your favorite guy? I, I just was always a fan, well, number one, of the number 37. He just happened to be wearing it when he played ah. for the balls, my my college team. Uh, just the wide receiver position is always the one that I've I've been drawn to. Mm. Yeah. That's what awesome. about you? What, what, if you're playing football back in the day or you know, visualizing yourself playing, what would have been your position? Oh boy! You mean besides flattened on the ground? <laughs> yeah, when I played junior high football, that was my main position. That's, was laying down. What position do you play? I uh, flat horizontal? on the floor. Yeah, yeah horizontal position. Uh, the position where I have a concussion. Um, <laughs> I, you know, actually as a kid, I was small, but I was fast. Mm. I, I ran track and cross, cross country track. and track Matt! and uh, played soccer and um, other things. So I did have speed and endurance, uh, mm. which made up for my lack of size. Lack. <laughs> lack. Uh, so in football, I guess, I, I mean, I'd want to say like running back, but I would have just gotten yeah. humbled because I was small, but... <laughs> I was fast. So maybe like a kick returner, you know, <laughs> something like that. Kick returners are just, you're worried about being flattened. I think they're some of the most destroyed of all positions. Yeah, but you can also just run out of bounds. <laughs> right, or take a knee. <laughs> yeah, or take a knee, right? Yeah, exactly. Or just let the ball fly into the end zone. So <laughs> this is why I stayed away from the game of football, because no choice makes sense for me. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the, in the long run, don't play football. That's my yeah, PSA. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I love watching football. It's my favorite sport to watch. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's never, a good one to watch. Yeah, yeah, could never, could never play it. It was just too little. So you uh, did you ever play football? I played uh, played just a season in junior high when we first moved to Washington from Tennessee. I, I, my dad had me join all these sports teams at school, and I played football for the fall, and uh, you know made some buddies there, and 
there's a lot of camaraderie, which I really appreciated about the sport. I didn't like anything really about playing football because like you're saying, I was just flattened. And most of these (laughs) kids I'm playing with have been playing most of their lives. And that was the first time I had put on the football pads. Right. All sorts of blood. And it's just all drills after drills. of like, okay, now you're going to run into each other for (laughs) right. The next 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) No. Back and back then, especially like there was no thought of, uh, you know, head safety or anything no. just like run into each other no uh what position did they throw you in uh i was tight end okay i was i was always a blocking tight end uh, right. there's a few times i'd be a decoy on a pass play but never thrown to in the yeah. few games and the practices we played oh the, yeah. congratulations on your short-lived football career thank you <laughs> i know i never started <laughs> <laughs> well uh should we start talking predator here yeah we yeah. should now, actually, uh, oh, you can go ahead and kind of get the minute set up, and then uh, I have a, a little something to talk about as well. All righty. So minute 37 of Predator opens with Dutch moving through the jungle and ends with Blaine sharing a drink and a moment with Mac. 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 And uh, I wanted you to give that opening because uh, we do get a – a scene here with Blaine and Mac sharing a drink. And so as is the custom, we are usually having a beverage of our choice while we make this podcast. We right, are. John? That is correct. Yeah. And uh, I think you have a beer this evening, which mm-hmm. is pretty normal. Yeah. And I usually have a beer or a glass of uh, wine if I'm feeling classy. But uh, <laughs> today, in honor of uh, Blaine and Mac drinking out of a flask. Mac! 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 Flask! Mac! Um, flask! I, Mac! I have a glass here. Glass. With some ice. Mac. Flask. Mac. I have a glass Mac. with some ice. And uh, I have a bottle. What do you think? Well, I guess maybe we'll get to it when we get to that part of the minute. But um, what do you think is probably in that flask? Um, I think some straight up drink from the South, some kind of bourbon whiskey. Yeah, that's what I figured too. So I looked in my cabinet and I had some uh, just classic... Jack Daniels, Jack. old number seven. <laughs> Jack. Uh, Tennessee whiskey. So mm. I'm going to pour myself a little glass of Jack Daniels here. Jack Daniels. Go Vols. Mm, go Vols. Oh, what a nice connection there. There you go. And uh, I'm going to be enjoying this through our recording today. So here's to you, Blaine and Mac. Here you go, Blaine and Mac. Mac! Ah, delicious. <laughs> going to want to let the ice melt a little bit. <sighs> <laughs> so do you want to open us up with what we see in the minute yeah sure so uh we start off here with uh dutch doing another little tobias fuke impression <laughs> popping up out of the jungle leaves there mm-hmm. and then we quickly cut over to poncho our friend ponchito kind of looking back back um Back, Mac! Uh, through the jungle, and this starts off a nice little uh, one shot, one mm. as we call it. The oneer, the oneer, and so the camera lingers on Poncho. He walks off, kind of towards the edge of a hill, moves down. The camera holds steady while he moves past, and then we get this nice long zoom that goes out into the depths of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, and then it cuts away and we can talk about the second half of the minute there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What are your first thoughts here on this little sequence? Um, I don't know if I'm having deja vu or not. I'd have to really go back and look at the first 36 minutes of the movie, which wouldn't be a problem. But when I'm seeing this valley, which I coined Broke Dick Dog Valley, <laughs> after Billy's recommendation. valley on a broke dick dog. That's right. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. I feel like I've seen this valley in a previous minute, but I can't put my finger on when that would have been. Mm. So I'll have to maybe go back and review and, and see if it's there. But it's just, just has, I just have this deja vu. And maybe it's just watching this movie so many times. Yeah. Seeing that the one time here is like seeing it all the times I've seen it when I've been watching this movie. Well, and a lot of the jungle does look the same, right? Yeah. yeah. So it might be another similar shot somewhere else. But you also have to assume that they, they probably filmed this mostly in one location in the jungle, just kind of moved around to different areas, but close had a close home base. I don't know if, if McTurnian's ever talked about that. Uh, when it comes to location, it's he talks about yeah filming near Puerto Vallarta, which I believe that I'm guessing that's where this one is right here. And then the Yucatan later on mm. uh, in the movie when they change locations. I say I'm guessing this one because uh, one of the places or one of the locations south of Puerto Vallarta where they filmed the opening was at the mouth of the river flowing between the mountains into the ocean. And I would uh, imagine if you take that river up, then you're going to be in the valley. So that's that's, that's my guess here. I'm not really sure. And John McTiernan in this commentary is not talking about locations yet. Yeah. My hope is well, that eventually when we hit the right minute, he's going to say, oh, here's where we started filming in the Yucatan. Because right, I'm not right. really sure here because it's looking awful green and I'm not seeing all the dead leaves that we saw like in the camp and before the camp. Yeah, this does look pretty lush in mm-hmm. this scene right here. Yeah. yeah. When I first watched uh, this over and over a couple times, um, I at first thought that we were going to get a zoom here and it felt like they might be zooming in to show us the shimmer or some <laughs> predator movement. Um, but of course we don't. Nope. And uh, in in hindsight, what they're and I don't know if it if it was intended to maybe make us think that that might be happening. In hindsight, it's pretty clearly that he's just trying to show with this camera shot kind of the depth of the jungle and kind of showing that this is where they're headed and they're heading off deep into the jungle. Yeah. And and then you're right when it cuts this quick little fade cut. It's clearly supposed to be a little jump in time because now they're kind of walking along the jungle floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they look like, for the most part, they know what they're doing as we see Hawkins and Panchito, namely, walking through the jungle, making their way. And this is where John McTiernan, on his commentary, was explaining that he put the actors through a mini boot camp, one, to show how they should move together through the jungle, and two, to build community camaraderie a sense of history together and hmm. uh, th- those that consisted of many marches over the back country of mexico with sometimes hikes up to four hours long and he says that it did do a lot of good in that the team members started behaving as if they knew each other from a previous military unit hmm. have you ever been on like a, a long trip maybe backpacking trip or yep. some sort of team uh um, trip like that yeah, I grew up a Boy Scout and didn't quite make it to Eagle Scout. The highest I made it was Life Scout, the penultimate Life rank. Life Scout. Life Scout. That's the one with the heart. Wow. Heart. It's like uh, it's like uh, the, the Zelda patch or something. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's a that's yeah. a better way to say it. I was thinking Captain Mer- or Captain yeah. Planet. <laughs> heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a kid with a monkey. Heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm unfamiliar with that. You'll have to drop that. In, drop that in. Whoa, what? Oh my gosh! I don't know how you missed out on Captain Planet. <laughs> I mean, I remember the show, but uh, right. I don't remember that specific reference. <laughs> all right, all right. Hi. <laughs> no, but yeah, I grew up in going to the Boy Scouts from I think age 11 to age 18. So, oh wow, yeah. you were committed. Yeah, it's committed and. Um, my two brothers, Zach and Aaron, are both Eagle Scouts, and yeah, I come from a, a long line, of, a long line and family of Eagle Scouts. I just never made it to Eagle Scout. <laughs> Were you the? Are you the disappointment at the family reunions? <laughs> the <laughs> do they all wear their Boy Scout Eagle Scout patches? <laughs> they all do their Eagle handshakes, and I'm left out. Yeah, and you stand over by the punch, <laughs> holding a heart. Hi. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this is as far as I got. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah. We oh, on, no. We went on tons and tons of hikes. Uh, so, yeah, you're all, you just naturally build that camaraderie over long hikes and sharing food and fellowship and camping yeah. together, seeing really awesome sights out in the country together. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I've, uh, I've done one, not very many, but I've done a couple like overnight backpacking trips. Hmm. Um, or, or the most notable one is, uh, here we're obviously we are in Washington state for anyone else listening. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, right through the middle of Washington state is the Cascades. And, uh, what? there's an area of the, I know. <laughs> and there's an area of the Cascade mountain range called the enchantments. Have you ever heard of the enchantments? I have heard of the enchantments. Yeah, you have to get a you have to like put your name into a lottery to get a permit to go up there because mm-hmm. it gets it's really popular. But I went on a four day uh, backpacking trip through the Enchantments one time, mm. uh, and that was really cool. I went with like three other buddies, and uh, that was super fun. I've also done. A, have you ever done like a ropes course? Mm, I have not. Wait, have I? I think I've been like the <laughs> adult as some students went on a ropes course once. Okay, I did a ropes course with my wife and a couple other my couples wife. once. My wife. My wife. Uh, <laughs> um, as like, it was a, a friend of mine. That he wanted to like do this for his birthday. So mm-hmm. he like had him and his wife and another couple and me and my wife. My wife. And uh, we did a ropes course. And that was kind of fun. And it, it was um same idea. Like you, I, I was kind of like cynical about it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then when we actually were going through it, it was like, oh, it really does kind of build uh, like trust with your other people because you have to help each other and communicate and work through each little level, which has each level kind of has different challenges. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Awesome. It was no, it was no broke dick dog valley, but <laughs> it was something. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Yeah. But what is? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can only aspire to one day hike through broke dick dog valley. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Right. Once you go broke dick dog valley, you just don't go back. You don't go back. That's what they say (laughs) on the ropes course. (laughs) Once you break, once you break your dick, you're never going back. I wouldn't wish that on the broke dick dog. God, I would hope not. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just racking my brain now because I know Sarah and I have gone on some kind of ropes course, Hmm. like leadership, team building kind of thing. I just can't picture what it was well it clearly made an impression it clearly left a very vague (laughs) ghost of a memory (laughs) oh man this uh this jack daniels is the perfect temperature now the ice is kicked in jack daniels Mm. this is perfect perfect timing because we're coming up on a little drink and fellowship in the jungle aren't we heck yeah so you you mentioned the obvious scene cut here to fade us into the next scene as 
Ponchito makes his way down the cliff. They're yeah. dissolved into a scene where Hawkins is pushing through the jungle towards and past the camera. He's wiping some fake sweat off his brow or maybe real sweat. And yeah, looking looking tired. He's looking tired. He, he's doing some good tired acting. I really appreciate yeah. Hawkins, Shane Black going for it here. Just, oh, just he even like does little, okay, now here's where I wipe my sweat. He totally, totally looks like he's hitting a mark after he gets <laughs> Right, pitch. yeah. Okay, right after the branch, I'm going to wipe my sweat, yeah. stare off into the distance. Like, yeah. How do I wipe sweat off? Okay, that's how I do it. I rub my brow and then I walk past. <laughs> Don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera. Oh, I was just going to say, this is another good example of just how having a good director yes. for these little little throwaway scenes makes a huge difference. Like He could have very easily just set up a camera and opened up with Blaine and Mac talking. Mm-hmm. on the log or whatever right and instead he chooses to push the camera through the jungle while hawkins moves towards us and the camera sweeps past him and then we see mac and blaine in the background sitting on some logs taking a rest it just gives you some geography to work with some depth to the scene mm-hmm. um it's really smart he just it's a very small little thing but it makes a huge difference yeah I, it really does add to the dimensionality and I, I know exactly where they are in relation to at least hawkins i know mm-hmm. that there's people going around and making their way still so yeah it, it definitely adds to that scene building yeah and uh you know we know that they're on the path now we kind of see that the hawkins is where the path that hawkins is taking Taking. Um, and then so right after the the camera sweeps around, we just get a cut to a close up of uh, Blaine taking off his jacket and we get mm. a first kind of real close up glimpse of his uh, little injury he's got there. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's uh, it's grown in size over time. I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, it's time to change that bandage, buddy. Yeah, like you're in the jungle. It's not yeah, it's not hygienic to be going around with an <laughs> open wound, more or less. I ain't got time to bleed. It doesn't look like it's on there very well either. No. Like it's just kind of like slapped on, like almost like the the dried blood is holding the <laughs> the bandage in place. <laughs> yeah, I think before he takes it off, it's hard to tell. Oh no, it's like a sleeveless. It's like a vest that he takes off to reveal his uh, MTV yeah. tank top. Yeah. Yeah, that sweet vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has their different outfits and right. slowly people are starting to like bear the arms. So uh Blaine and Mac have a quick little Mac. conversation here. Mac! Mac! <laughs> um we have started a tradition of the uh dramatic line reading. Should we should we keep it going here? Yeah, we should. Okay. Are you gonna be I'm Mac gonna tr- or Blaine? I'm gonna try my best Blaine impression. Okay. Uh, go easy, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be Mac. Mac! God damn. Buddy, 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 buddy. Seen some badass bush before, man, but nothing like this. I hear ya. This shit's something. Makes Cambodia look like Kansas. Que pasa, amigo? Little taste of home. Mmm. Mm. And scene, and then they take a sip from the flask. Yeah. Flask! Mac! Flask. Maybe drinking some Jack? Mac! Yeah, probably some Jack. Mac! Uh, hopefully. It's gotta be some, like whiskey though don't you think i mean that's what you put in the flask yeah and he you says don't put, taste like, vodka or rum yeah taste of home yeah. yeah so i'm i'm assuming it's a little bit of brown a little bit of whiskey yeah <laughs> a bit of brown. i have not heard that one but i, I appreciate the, the lingo. <laughs> oh yeah a little bit of brown in the glass <laughs> dropping some brown in there appreciate that yeah. um not to get too vulgar but i couldn't help but uh feel like Mac was maybe making a, a sexual joke at first when he said, I've seen some badass bush before. Buddy, 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 buddy. Just some badass bush before, man. <laughs> that's, uh, 
He's talking about the jungle, of course. Right, right. <laughs> right. Blaine should say, like, makes Christina look like Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> makes Camilla. Uh, he says, I've seen some badass bush before, yeah. man, but nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it takes on a whole new connotation. It really does. Uh, uh, some bush. Yeah. How often do you think this actually happens? Maybe some soldiers having a, a little private drinky poo uh, in the. While they're on mission, you know, uh, I reached out to an ex-marine buddy of mine. Never, uh, he never responded, so maybe he was uh, didn't have something to add mm. there. But uh, when I looked online, just like anything else, you look up li- online, you can find you know whatever answer you're looking for. Really, sure, so you yeah. can find some soldiers saying, "Yeah, we totally partied and had little uh, cards, little chits on our card where you could save those up, and each amount of chits would add up to an alcohol or to a cigarette." Mm, one alcohol, please. One alcohol, please. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Um, and then some other soldiers go online and say, "No, like there's there's no alcohol in the military. People don't drink on duty." Hmm. And so I looked up the official uh, uniform. Uh, what is UCMJ? Whatever UCMJ stands for. Let me guess. It's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think it would be just straight up not allowed. But according to the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, uh, they have a section, an article detailing this. It says, any person subject to this chapter other than sentinel or lookout who is found drunk on duty shall be punished as a court-martial may direct. Now, Wait, other than Sentinel or Lookout? So apparently you can be like a Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez. Or a <laughs> Little Smokey. Little Smokey. And totally be just drinking. Just drinking? Yeah. Well, now we know why they weren't paying any fucking attention. <laughs> exactly. Juan Valdez was more like, I don't know, uh, whoever, Jose Cuervo in that, yeah. <laughs> that Lookout. Yeah, he probably had a had some warm tequila in a in a little mug there. Yeah, uh, we already know that little Smokey was probably lighting up a doobie in the bushes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> little Smokey. Yeah, so that's that clears it up. They were all hammered. That's what happened. Just hammered. <laughs> and you know, at that point, if like if you're just hanging out in the camp, why aren't you probably making the excuse like, "Hey, I'm also on lookout duty. I'm also a sentinel, like moon right. game walking around. Like I'm just sentineling around. I'm just." Having a little purple drink in my in my in my canteen. Purple drink. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they make that exception. Unless you I don't know uh, if I love that. Looking out. <laughs> right. You're the lookout, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's oh, cool. man. Uh, well, here's to you lookouts around the world. Jack Daniels. And mine's empty. Plank. Mm. Oh, mine's getting there. Jack Daniels is good. I don't drink it very often, <laughs> but uh, it holds up just uh, on ice. Yeah. It's uh, ice. I see why it's so popular. I forgot that I had it. It was like in the back of my liquor cabinet. Oh, yeah. good find. Yeah, surprise booze. <laughs> my favorite kind of booze. <laughs> surprise booze. <laughs> booze when you're not expecting it. That's the best. That's like that's like that old joke, right? Like, what's your favorite kind of beer? Free beer. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite kind of bush? Badass bush. Badass bush. Badass bush. Badass <laughs> bush. Meh, but nothing, nothing like, like this. this. A little taste of home. A little taste of home. Um, all right, so uh, we've done our dramatic mm-hmm. line reading. We've talked about drinking in the army. Hey, um, what do you think he means by makes Cambodia look like Kansas? Is This must be another noodle incident, right? Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that, actually. Uh, it is. It has to be. Um, there are several times that they reference 
past missions that they've gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this seems to be one of them because we've never heard them talk about Cambodia before, I don't think. Nope. Yeah. So they must have all been in Cambodia together at some time. Yeah. And so Cambodia must have been much nicer than this if it was <laughs> like Kansas. <laughs> Yeah, and when I did research on Cambodia, because I'm taking all these team members to be Vietnam vets, uh, there there is heavy involvement of Cambodia uh, in the sense that this proxy war fought between the U.S. and the Soviets by U.S. sending troops to help the southern Vietnamese fight the northern Vietnamese yeah. were packed by the Soviets. They took it so far as to fight in Cambodia, in the neighboring country of Cambodia, um, in which part of the Ho Chi Minh Trail went through to to help supply the North Vietnamese soldiers. Hmm. So when he says makes Cambodia looks like, look like Kansas, uh, a quick search of Cambodia tells me that he must have been on some American unit, or maybe they're both in some American unit where they're helping fight the Cambodian campaign. Hmm. And the Cambodian campaign, fun fact, maybe it's just normal fact, frightening fact, is that's what mainly sparked a lot of the protests uh, in the different colleges here in the U.S., which uh, one of them was the Kent State Massacre, which uh, I believe four students were killed confronting the National Guard. Yeah. So was it because images of that aspect of the war were, were coming back um, to the U.S. more back, back more readily or more like uh, was there just what was it about or was that like a, a time of like a major escalation over there and so people just realized that more and more troops were headed over? Yeah, it was more on the escalation side, I think, because at this point, yeah, the people are tired of the war and not only is the U.S. not really making any progress, but now they're taking the war outside of the actual country of Vietnam and involving mm-hmm. other countries, right? involving other countries, other peoples, other governments that right. weren't involved so, in the conflict in the first place. Yeah, people are starting to feel like it's uh, it's going to never end. Right, yeah. yes. Futile attempt, a futile mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like heading off into uh, Broke Dick Dog Valley. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it sounds better than broke dick dog valley. I, oh I, yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. I mean, it, from from his words here, it makes it almost seem like he didn't see any action in Cambodia because you know, from what you hear about Vietnam Wars, it was terrible, it's terrible conflict, and just people have nightmares and don't talk about that war. Hmm whether they're fighting in it or they just like knew someone who fought in it. Well, to jump back to uh, the uh, end of this conversation here, he Mm -hmm. um, puts his little flask of whiskey away. I was going to ask you, because I'm sitting here drinking a glass of whiskey, do you enjoy whiskey? It seems like people either do or don't. There's not a lot of in-between. Are you a a fan of of whiskeys or bourbons? Uh, Well, this may come as a surprise, but I really like uh, the well drinks. I like where you mix (laughs) a heavy amount of... Coca-Cola or ginger ale into a, a hard alcohol. Yeah, no, I I, I uh, really like a, a whiskey uh, and ginger ale. That's kind of my go-to mm. well drink. But uh, I'll do a little I'll do a little whiskey on ice every once in a while. I'm feeling <laughs> saucy like tonight. Saucy. <laughs> I think I think last minute I was just drinking one of those airplane shot containers of tequila. <laughs> That's and, right. You're like I couldn't find anything else. <laughs> It was tough, but I made it through. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Uh, If if, uh, what about you? I mean, you're drinking it straight tonight with some ice. Is that normally what you do? You found in the back of your 
Licky cabinet. My uh, my go to whiskey is Jameson Irish mm-hmm. whiskey. That's my favorite, uh, just to have in the house, and I'll usually have that with some ginger ale when I'm making myself a cocktail. Mm-hmm. But um, if I'm gonna break out some nice stuff, I um, I usually have a bottle of some higher end. Uh, whiskey in my cupboard for uh, special occasions. Right now, I have a really nice bottle of a, a whiskey that's called Redbreast. Ooh, yeah, and it's it's delicious. It's uh, a really smooth um, sipping uh, sipping whiskey, sipping bourbon, and uh, it's best just on ice. Has a little bit of a smoky flavor to it. A little smoky, and it runs about at least in this area runs about. 50 to $60 a bottle. So uh, on the upper tier, but not, uh, you know, crazy expensive. Right. Um, so I highly recommend uh, Redbreast if you want to get a nice, a nice bottle to uh, keep for special occasions or for any occasion. Hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, have we finished off this minute? Is it time to get to the recommends of the week? I think it's just about time. The last thing I would add is as Ponchito is entering this lush, beautiful green valley, which every time I see it now and now that now, more and more I'm thinking this must be the Yucatan just because it's so green. It's so lush. Mm. There's no way the team is running down there, the production team, and setting up a bunch of fake bushes to make it look nice because this is a gigantic valley. And for a sense of scale, you can see when it's zooming in on where you're faked out to think the predator is. You see a couple of waterfalls out in the distance just doing that slow-mo fall uh, of their water. It's it's gorgeous. It's a place that you know you, you would love to visit as a, a tourist, just exploring the the wilderness, exploring nature. Right. I mean, it's some badass bush, man. Badass bush. It's some badass bush, but you know, some beautiful badass bush. Badass bush. Yeah, for sure. Have you been to Central America? Have we I, talked about this? I don't know if we. I've been to Puerto Vallarta and Cabo. Tijuana. Okay. Yeah, those are my I, my experiences. What about you? I've been to Honduras. So I, I've been down, down in the Central Americas. I went to, my wife and I, before we had kids, went down to Honduras and backpacked around the country for like two weeks. Okay. One time. Yeah, that was a pretty fun adventure. Um, the jungle looks very similar to the jungle we're seeing here. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah, Aaron and I talked about this a long time ago, like minute four or five. But when we were college age, we went with my mom and her husband to Puerto Vallarta and we took this boat this like maybe hour long boat ride south of Puerto Vallarta to Boca I think it's Boca de Tamatlan where they filmed the opening scene and now it's like this big touristy village Mm. and like an actual town on this really really steep hill but we didn't make it as far up the river and the road there uh, to where the actual tourist trap of Predator is. But it, it is there, I guess. It's, there's a, I think we talked about it a few minutes ago too, but there is that kind of tourist yeah, restaurant and yeah. little swimming hole that people rope swing into that may or not may or may not still be open. I don't know. But we were so close, it turns out, looking back after all these years, thinking, oh, we're so close. And there's even like the little jungle team picture they took of us in front of one of those goofy signs <laughs> add, you know, the huge muscle bodies to you. And oh, yeah. Jungle oh, team. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think we need to jump to recommends if we're all ready to tell people what to be listening to or watching or wearing, reading or drinking. Hmm. I know I've already recommended some booze. I'll have to recommend something else. Yeah. Um, should I jump right in? Should I go first? You shall jump right in. 
Okay, my recommend is kind of a broad recommend this week, and uh, it's a little obvious for anyone that uh, likes video games. <gasps> but um, I recently bought a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, join the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a Switch? Oh, I do. Zelda is my my jam. Oh man, I'm afraid to buy Zelda because I'm afraid it's just going to take over my life. Um, it shall. So you should. Yeah, <laughs> but I started off with uh, Mario Odyssey, mm -hmm. um, and I'm also, I've been kind of going back and forth with that, and uh, I love the Donkey Kong Country games, and so Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Ooh. which was originally for the Wii U, mm -hmm. they made a version for the Switch, and I've been playing that as well. So my general broad recommend is just Nintendo Switch in general. Oh man, how have we not uh, talked about this before? Because I am... I don't a lifelong gamer especially like nintendo fanboy yeah i'm a big fan of nintendo like i played a lot of video games when i was a kid and it was always nintendo yes. consoles that i owned yeah um i kind of got away from video games in my 20s and but when the switch came out i i was just seeing all the awesome games that were coming out for it i had to had to dive back in and uh i am just i am amazed by the design and the engineering of that thing like it's it's truly like a work of art yeah it is awesome you know? it's amazing like you you dock it and it's a console for your tv and then it becomes a handheld but you can mm -hmm. also like configure the controllers in several different ways and the way they've made it all seamlessly fit together mm -hmm. um, is really really impressive so just on the design level it's an amazing machine uh, and then on top of that the games that I've played have been fantastic Mario Odyssey is is will go down as an all-timer in the Mario games yeah like it is pretty I don't know how to describe it it's just imaginative and fun endless like you can just keep on playing it there's mm -hmm. always something new to do so anyway if you're on the fence about buying a Nintendo Switch I say pull the trigger I was on the fence for about a year until I finally did and man I should have done it a long time ago oh man I'm glad you're on the, the Switch wagon there oh I it's a good wagon to be on I was like so pumped when it came out a couple years ago I think is it two years now I think it read mm -hmm. about two years mm -hmm. ago and I, I was so wanting one that I went for the like a scalped version a scalped, a scalped switch so I found someone on Craigslist who was offering it for maybe like 50 bucks over retail with the with a game oh I okay sold a game and met up and then you know started playing and and I think I put in last I checked 360 hours into Zelda Jesus it's just it's one of those games where you just pick it up and the world is so giant so engrossing there's always something to do or something to try that yeah if, 360 oh my yeah God. and you, you can complete the game and you know a few dozen hours but it's just all the exploring there's there's so much to do yeah you know? Yeah, I've I, everything I read about it is sound, makes it sound amazing. I have some coworkers that have been playing it, and they're like, "You got to get it. If you have a Switch, you got to get it. It's the game. It's mm -hmm. the best game." <laughs> so, I think I eventually will. I'm I'm easing myself in with a couple platformers, and then I'll move on to an RPG. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, there, I, I have I have other recommends of games if you want to try those. We can always talk about mm. that. Yeah, I'll hit you up. Yeah, uh, what do you got for us this week, John? Well, I watched a horror movie the other day. What? <laughs> do tell. I'm intrigued. Uh, so you know, going through the old Netflix genres, I, I thought, and eh, no, I'll, I'll try a horror movie, and, and you know, you look, look at this guy. Look at the first few, you know, trailers of of the first dozen or so 
titles and like, no, it's too scary, too suspenseful, <laughs> too scary. Like, I'm gonna have nightmares. No, can't do it. But then um, I came across a Stephen King adaptation called Gerald's Game. Mm. A book I've always known is out there because I think it's been out there since the early 90s, but never knew what it was about and then ended up watching it the other day. Uh, it stars Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood. It plays out as this psychological thriller slash bottle episode because the premise is she's handcuffed to a bed for most of the movie. Carla Gugino's character. Am I saying that right? Carla Gugino or Carla Cuccino? We'll just say Carla. Uh, sure. Carla's yeah. character is <laughs> is handcuffed to a bed for the most for most of the movie, and you're going through the different visions that she's having and the different memories. You know, a lot of regretful memories, and then just just some kooky, crazy things that she's seeing. Um, it's uh, it I enjoyed the movie because of the more psychological psychological aspect over like just plain graphic violence. There's a little bit of that, but there's not a lot of that. Um, there are still some thrills and some chills um, mm-hmm. by and large it's really this one woman's physical and emotional journey <laughs> which is weird to say because she's like i said handcapped to a bed for most of the movie uh, through this uh through this predicament yeah have you uh good pick have Thanks. you ever read the book gerald's game uh, i have not but like i said it's just one i've known has been yeah. written by stephen king for many many years um, have you i've i have i've read almost every stephen king book out there um i've i've been reading stephen king since i was probably too young to read him sure um and i have a soft spot for stephen king adaptations so you've really entered my wheelhouse here john oh. a horror movie that's a stephen king adaptation is like some of my favorites um and this is a good one mm-hmm. um, have you seen this movie i have Ooh. yeah i watched it right when it came out awesome um yeah so that this is a movie that for years and years and years people talked about adapting to film but uh the con- overall consensus was this could never be adapted to film mm-hmm. it's, there's not enough there the whole book is her handcuffed to a bed and it's all in her mind and uh what do you think of the way they kind of get around that i thought it was really clever how she has like without getting too much <laughs> i don't want to spoil too much but she has like an actual dialogue with with some of the other characters that she's having a v- visions with i really like that i felt like out of I haven't seen a ton of Stephen King adaptations, but I felt like this one did a really good job of sounding like Stephen King, especially, especially the end where she's talking, like voicing over everything that's happening at the end. And it's very much like reading a Stephen King novel, which is done to great effect, you know, in in those moments. It really, I think, helps calm the viewer and helps like relax you for being a horror movie, but you're not necessarily always feeling scared all the time. You're just thinking... Man, it's like this woman's so badass. Like, like I know yeah. I, I, she has to make it, right? Like, she's she's just too tough, not just physically, but also <laughs> mentally. Um, so the guy that directed Gerald's Game is named Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a pretty well-known name in the horror directing world. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, when he picked up this project, people got excited. Uh, and it, they turned out to be right because um, he did a really good job with this. But if you like this one, um, I would recommend some other Mike Flanagan films. Um, Ooh, he recommend on recommend. Nice. I'm going to recommend on top of your Spin recommend. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Spin off recommend. <laughs> uh, well, Mike Flanagan. 
So if you like Mike Flanagan, you can check out some other stuff he's, he's done. I think his best films are um, Oculus, which is a kind of a, a movie about a haunted mirror. Is Oculus, was that the one produced by the WWE? Um, I don't think so. It's about a like a mirror in a haunted house that has supernatural powers. Yeah, it says the first thing that came up, it says, why was WWE Studios involved with the movie Oculus? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, Oculus is pretty good. And then okay. uh, another one that dropped straight onto Netflix was called Hush. And that is just kind of your classic home invasion story where there's a woman who lives in a house that's kind of secluded in the woods. Mm-hmm and someone shows up at the house and is trying to get in um and the twist on that one though is that the woman that's inside is deaf what that adds a... yeah <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> which adds kind of a whole new uh twist to that oh, uh, classic that, story. i mean chilling yeah because then you yeah. probably see and the then... killer and then she's not hearing it you know around oh it's terrifying so it takes her takes her a while to even realize that he's trying to to get in you know Mm. Uh, and he has this creepy mask on and the whole thing is kind of scary but it's really good uh and then he was also involved with uh the haunting of hill house the very popular tv series on that yeah i think you recommended that show a while back yeah yeah Mm. um and uh i'm I'm seeing here that he is also going to be involved with the new, a new Stephen King adaptation uh, called Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel that Stephen King wrote to The Shining. Whoa, there's a sequel to The Shining? Yeah, it just came out a year or two ago. It's called Doctor Sleep. Huh. He wrote a sequel like 30 years later. Oh, because that that movie slash book just doesn't seem like it's begging for a sequel. It it continues on with the story of the young boy, and it catches up with him now as an adult. That's that's worth reading too. That's a good one. Wow, we really uh, went off on our recommends. That was fun. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> good stuff. I recommended something that you love, <laughs> and you recommended something that I love. What's, yeah, that, what's happening yeah. here? <laughs> North we, is south, up is down. Did oh, this we is just crazy. Become best friends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Good recommend segment this week, John. I love it. Hey, yeah. Oh, and speaking of yep, and that quote, that's John C. Riley saying yep. Yep. John John C. Riley voices Ralph, Wreck It Ralph in the two Wreck It Ralph movies. Mm. And I was watching those uh, over this week with uh, my toddler daughter who's home from spring break as well as I am. Um, and he at one point, Wreck It Ralph sticks this little gumball talking thing to a flower (laughs) and he literally says to the talking gumball stick around stick around and i took a screenshot of that and uh, put that on the page and speaking of the page you can join the discussion let us know about what you think they're drinking in the jungle or if you had to drink some delicious delicious beverage in the jungle what would it be Um, on the facebook at the predator minute listeners palapa you can also find us on twitter at predator minute and you can email this show anytime. 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 PredatorMinute at gmail.com. Jeff, what about you? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on the Twitter, uh, capital K Carl underscore capital H Hungus 314. Come follow me there. My name is Carl H. Been expert. Um, for my occasional tweets and musings about movies or video games now i can't video wait games. to read about your progress when you finally pick up zelda because it is just oh, oh man it's an it is a masterpiece I, a masterpiece 
I don't exercise. It's a masterpiece. I keep on not buying it. And then everyone who has a Switch keeps telling me that, what the hell am I doing? You have to buy Zelda Breath of the Wild. So it'll yes. happen. It'll happen. Buy Zelda. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And until next time... Stick around. Jack Daniels. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> Maybe it's the look of the Tennessee hills at sundown. Maybe it's our unhurried way of living down here. Maybe it's our town our people, or the simple things we like to do. Maybe there's just no telling what the reason is. But since 1866, we've made Jack Daniels whiskey by the same old method here in the hills of Tennessee. After your first sip, You'll know why we always will. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey.